Hey everybody, today's podcast episode is a real treat and definitely worth waiting for. When I started the Small Scale Life podcast about four years ago, my good friend Mr. Tactical J was my initial co-host on the show. We've remained friends for quite a few years now, and I'm pleased that he is our guest on the Small Scale Gardening podcast. He's our first guest of 2020. In this episode, Mr. Tactical J and I discuss gardening and growing mushrooms in Virginia. Even though he has a two-acre homestead and it appears to have a lot of space, the property is on the side of a mountain and, and the land slopes away from his house. Mr. Tactical is looking at different approaches to growing food at his homestead. Some of these methods include growing mushrooms, microgreens, and a ton of food in his three wicking beds. It's all about wellness and sustainability, and Mr. Tactical J is looking to improve his skills while using everything his property has to offer, from berries to gardens to mushrooms. My hope with this podcast episode is to inspire you to look at your location to find ways to use your resources effectively and grow food. This is part of a two-hour interview. Now, don't worry. We're cutting it down to bite-sized chunks. Two hours is a bit long for any podcast. We discuss a lot of different topics, blogs, and books in this podcast. So check out the show notes for this podcast episode on smallscalegardening.com. And now, without further ado, let's get into this episode. You can successfully grow plants anywhere. All you need are three basic elements, light, nutrients, and water. If you're new to gardening, a seasoned gardener, or a plant angel of death, I can help you. My name is Tom, and welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. All right, everybody. I'm your host, Tom. Welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. Happy to be back here as we are rounding out February. It's been a great February on Small Scale Gardening, and I'm happy to report, everyone, that I have seeds going. Yes, the 2020 gardening season is in full swing, and I am following the 20, the, my 2020 gardening plan. So if you need to know what I'm growing, you can go over to the post on Small Scale uh, Gardening called um, My 2020 Garden Plan, and you can see my three-step process for how I came up with what I'm growing and what exactly. I am growing. So I got a two seed trays going. I'm going to have some more stuff. Um, I'm going to plant some more stuff here. So um, it's kind of exciting. It's exciting to get going in the new year. It's exciting to look forward to the 2020 garden season. It's, it's exciting to be here. Thank you to all the new listeners. Thank you to all the new folks who have been checking into Small Scale Gardening on Facebook and smallscalegardening.com. If you're new here um, and you haven't been to the Small Scale Gardening Facebook group, we have a group all set up. There's a couple questions. Just answer those. We're keeping out the trolls. And it helps me to know where you're at as a gardener or person interested in gardening. So we've got some new folks in there. Thank you for all the interaction. Thank you for all the questions. I've gotten some really good questions about wicking beds, about gardening, about seed starting, about soil mix, about perlite versus vermiculite. Oh, man, I've got some really good stuff coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. We're going to have a lot of good discussions and hopefully really dig into some of these things and put your mind at ease or answer some of those questions. We're testing stuff here. We're always testing stuff. I've got some ideas um, to create some uh, interesting and new tests for the 2020 season. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be building out 
another hybrid rain gutter grow system. So you can see exactly how I did that. And I'm going to use that for tomatoes, maybe some cucumbers. We'll see how that all works out. So I'm pretty excited about this season. I'm really excited about this podcast. I know we had to do all this uh, background stuff before we get into the meat of the show. So I really appreciate everybody listening. Welcome to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. And now, without further ado, let's have our conversation about gardening and growing mushrooms in Virginia with my friend, Mr. Tactical J. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited. Today, I have my good friend, the guy who started off the podcast. It's been a while since he's been on, but he's a good guy. I call him Mr. Tactical, but he is Mr. Tactical J. J, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. What's going on? Good hey, to be back. It, it is a beautiful day in Green Bay. I'm in the mobile podcast studio. So uh, we've known each other for a long time, and uh, we met in other places and other lives. And yep. uh, let's talk about you. Who are you? Who is Mr. Tactical J? What do you uh, want our audience to know about you? My wife and I live in the mountains in Virginia. Yes, they do exist. Um, we we recently moved from a condo. We were working on a website called Condo to Compound, and I just found that I couldn't keep up with it based on work and school and all that stuff. I currently work, um, <clears throat> I work in the medical field, and we are both going back to school to get higher degrees on some stuff. Cool, uh, clinical care type stuff. Good, um, and then uh, yeah, we're. We're, we're trying to follow your lead and do the simple living stuff. Um, you know, we've been working on a few projects. I got some stuff coming up that we'll talk about a little bit later. I'll let yeah. you seg you into that, but, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we, we like it out here. It's, it's different. It's a different pace from living in the suburbs or living in, uh, you know, a city. Uh, it's quiet at night. You know, the other day I was getting up fairly early for, for work and, I heard coyotes down yeah. in, the, down in the, the the woods that we have down below. We've seen oh more black bear and deer and fox and all kinds of furry woodland creatures that than I can even count. So it's pretty cool to be out here with that um, turkey. You've seen turkey? Yeah, we've seen quite a few actually. <laughs> Shot, shotgun worthy turkey actually. So, there you go. That's yeah. my man. That's what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's been we we call it the rugged the rugged house because the uh, it's a new house. Construction on it is sound and past inspection, but there have been some pretty egregious errors on it that we've been learning how to fix. So it's been a good process. I mean, if you look at it positively, we've been learning a lot about being homeowners and just basically fixing things, fixing things, how to fix problems, how to, you know, all the stuff that you feel like you should have learned by the time you were an adult. And just didn't. Mm. It's, it's cool to, it's cool to have this stuff and have the speaking of technology, um, the ability to look something up, research something, and then try and go do it yourself. And you realize that you're capable of a lot more than you think you are. And just because somebody is a, you know, AC solutions specialist doesn't mean that they should come in. Yeah. You've gotten really faint. Is that me or is that you? There you could be me. How's that better? Yeah, that's way better. Sorry about that. Well, must have been leaning back. (laughs) Yeah. So um, essentially, essentially we've learned that, you know, a lot of this stuff can be researched ourselves. And one of the biggest, I think things that I've learned, is one project at a time. We have all yes. this stuff that we would like to do, but yep. we really just need to start one and finish one. Oh yeah. 
So. No, that is that is very true. When we when we bought our first house, we had to wait for the homeowner to leave because we bought it, closed on it. We showed up the next day to move in, and he was still there. And it was like yeah. we helped him pack up his stuff and leave. And as soon as he left, we had a whole crew ready to go, and we attacked like fifty projects. Yeah. And it it was exhausting trying to get them all done. You are exactly right. Take on one, get it done, move to the next instead of flailing at everything. That's just yeah. not that's not conducive to getting her done. That's that's for sure. Yeah. So um, you know, I it's it's just been a learning process. The whole thing has been, you know, that the house we purchased is on a pretty steep hill. So yep. I had all these lofty aspirations to do you know, so swells talking, and yeah, yeah, yeah. all and that trellis uh, gardening and all kinds of stuff we talked about. Yeah. But as it turns out, you know, it's, you, you, you really want to keep the, the idea of like a permaculture zone or something in, in mind when you do this stuff, because you know, that zone zero or zone one, even you get, you know, some, some wicking beds that you set me up with the plans for. And then, uh, you know, just some other stuff where, we're composting. We're doing all that stuff. We're just, we're just kind of, it's, you know, it's coming along. The chickens are in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. And it is, it is take that one piece at a time and, and let's talk about your property a little bit. You've got, you do have a steep slope there. You're on a mountain. Yep. Um, I mean, it's not a crag. <laughs> it's not a cliff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So you do have some slope there. You've got a septic tank. How big is your property? How many acres you got? Uh, two acres, roughly. Yeah, two acres. Um, and it's uh, zone 6A, 6B. Sometimes, depending on the year, it could be a seven. But okay. yep. um, it really, you know, it's I'm learning, I'm learning how to get the proper soil mix, how to companion plant, mm-hmm. and how to plant. I mean, most importantly, how to plant things that we're going to eat. You know, yeah. um, we get food sensitivities in the house and allergies and stuff. So uh-huh. certain things, it, you know. We just, as fun as they are to grow, there's no use. You know, I know yeah. people will say grow what you love, but a big part of that is grow what you eat. There, and I just talked yeah. about that in the last gardening podcast is, is there's, you'll grow all this stuff, but then it'll rot. I mean, okay, I can grow 12 kohlrabi plants just like that or, or eggplant, but nobody's going to eat that in my house. And I, I won't even yeah. be able to keep up with it. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Really good yeah. point. Almost like a thing you here to gardening, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like we've done this before. Right? I know, once or twice. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There we go. Did you <laughs> what do you drink? What do you drink it on, man? Yeah, yeah this, this is a uh, Buble. This is Michael know. Buble sparkling yeah. water. So Which which flavor? That stuff's delicious. Uh blackberry actually. I found mm. a blackberry. It's good. good. So yeah, it's yeah. not it's not bang or monster or you know something yeah. like that. It's it's actually something kind of healthy. And I I just finished off some kombucha. So ah, very nice. Tough. Yeah, I gotta send you some of that. By the way, yeah, I mean that's actually one of our projects too. So oh, it's so easy. When yeah. you're ready, I'll send you some some Scooby. All right. Yeah, Scooby. I'm in. All right. Yeah. Well, I I know where you live. <laughs> so let's I'm let's not. talk about that. So you're in seven, six, seven, depending yeah. on the day yeah. and. Uh, You've got, uh, is there anything on your property that you're foraging right now or like grapes or berries or mushrooms or anything like that? You know, or, you know, we had, so we had, I think they were raspberries, blackberries or raspberries. I can't remember, but it looks like the plants have kind of died. And I think it okay. was based on the soil acidity and all that stuff. But we do have one that's planted out on the side of the house and okay. 
uh, we'll see what it does. It's been a wet winter. It hasn't mm-hmm. been a cold one, but it's been a wet one. And uh, so we'll see how it does. So um, this wasn't stuff that was out in your woods. This was just the stuff you planted. No, this was, this was here when the property was put in. Yeah. So it it was, I don't know who did it, but the neighbor pointed it out. Oh. I walked over and ate one right off the, off the uh, brambles there. Mm-hmm. And it, it was great, you know, yeah. Yeah. um, that we're, I'm, we have a lot of red oak on, on this, uh, on this mountain. And so what I'm going to try and get into is I'm going to try this year and grow mushrooms. Cool. So, um, haven't seen any of them, but I guess in, this area, something called chicken of the woods. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Big deal. So yes. And it grows on oaks and, uh, it, it almost looks like it's kind of whitish and orange. My brother and I, was it last year or two years ago, we went driving up North and he found some near my mom's cabin. Then we just, we were putting, picking out docks and, and, uh, we just went driving. I think it was this year. We yeah. found a bunch. I found this really big one, and uh, it's great. You just saute it up with some butter, maybe some onion in there, and it is really good, believe it or not. And it doesn't taste like, you know, this dusty, dusky, dank thing. It, it's actually got a nice firm meat to it. It's really good. It's really distinguishable because it does have this orange look to it. So, and it's yeah. I hear, <laughs> I hear they. I hear they get rather large yes and i hear that they cook up really well which is cool yes totally um so i've been i've been focused on classes and one of those classes right now is microbiology Mm. um and it just i mean you know we're we're not even to that point yet. i started looking into mycology and uh, i have a couple friends that grow still grow actually the magic kind and the not so magic kind Mm. and they were giving me all kinds of tips. And then there was a company called North Spore. So they're out of either Maine or Vermont. I can't remember. Okay. But I called them up, got some information from them. And we've got, we certainly have the trees for it. We have the yep. ability to do it. Um, so we're going to give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah. So you're going to inoculate some, some, uh, some oak that's down or something that's fallen or some trees in the area and, and see what happens? Yeah, we'll find a... There's there's a few that have fallen, but the reason okay. they've fallen is because they've been pretty significantly rotted. Okay. So those won't work very well, even though um, through my research I've found that mushrooms are now like natural decomposers. Mm. And it you know it it kind of depends, but the way that the the videos and the conversations I've had have gone is they've said that what you're looking for is actual healthy trees mm-hmm. with um good healthy bark and you cut them and I think it's either a six to eight inch diameter and you just, you go nuts, you drill holes, you put this sawdust spawn, sawdust spawn and and it just goes right in there. Hmm. When it, you know, when you inoculate the tree, you cover it with food grade paraffin wax. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that seals it in. So the Hmm. little baby spores can eat then when the time comes, they push right through. There's nice. great videos on, yeah. So, um, very interesting, new interesting aspect of gardening or you know cultivating stuff. I, as I understand it, chicken of the woods is it morel? Morel? I don't, I'm not sure. That Morel's a, I, I, I don't. Know. Well, morel is a is a very valuable um, mushroom, and it's found like near Lacrosse, Wisconsin, or in the woods all over. 
Western and Northern Wisconsin, parts of Minnesota as well, I, probably all over the country. But man, when they, when people find those, that is some yeah. bucks. And yeah. uh, we have some friends that have some property in uh, near lacrosse in the hill country down there and the kettle moraine stuff down there. And man, they find baskets full of these things and they go wow. and they give some to friends and they sell a bunch and it, it, they can make some good money off of those. They're very good. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's usually, I, I, they find a pocket of it, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them in the, in an area and they'll go get them. You don't want to clear them all out cause then they won't come back, but you know, yeah. you can harvest and, conserve and once you get your little spot you know where they are <laughs> yeah the, that's what that's what everybody says about them is once you it's kind of like it's kind of like hunting yep. you know once you see a deer in the woods you know what they look like and you can spot more yep absolutely so, absolutely um, you gotta watch yeah. out for the fake morels but yeah absolutely yeah so those so those uh the, the the mushroom aspect is interesting i know we've been talking in our little group about that and it's interesting to get everybody's insight on it. It seems like all this stuff, you know, people just go buy the stuff at the grocery store. Like today, yeah. we stopped by a market and we saw lion's mane mushroom. And if you ever mm-hmm. see one of those, I, I it was the first time I'd ever seen one in person. I've seen the, um, I've actually seen the, just photos and videos of them or whatever. But uh, a friend of mine was telling me that they, you know, they're used for medicinal purposes and things like that. But what... um what this North Spore company told me, I think her name was Britt or Bree. I couldn't tell. It's a bad cell phone connection. Sure. What, what was uh, what was said to me was that uh, shiitake mm-hmm. uh, and uh, lion's mane were great to start with, hmm. and that people look for them. It's just you know a lot of people don't understand or want to take the time to learn how to how to grow or anything like that. So yeah, there there was an outfit. There's an outfit in in Stevens Point where my brother lives, and uh, they they are selling in a small market, and also at the uh, the farmers market they were selling mushrooms, and uh, I think they're growing them right in buckets, and they've got their own little company, and they're doing that. I know another guy up in um, northwestern Wisconsin; he's got a little company where he's he might be even like a professor, and this is his side gig, but he's got. All, like tons of shiitake mushrooms going and everything. A, a, a group from my Minnesota, Wisconsin GSD group, they went up there a few years ago and toured this, the guy's place on a rainy November day. And it was real or October day. And it was really cool. Um, but yeah, people are doing this kind of stuff and you don't need a massive acreage to do it. You can do it in your basement too, in a bucket, yeah. you know, they've yeah. got kits that grow right out of buckets and I don't know how it all works, but it's a, it's a cool aspect. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not really any different than growing vegetables in the sense mm-hmm. of you need some sort of food, Yep. you need water, mm-hmm. and you need the ability to germinate the seeds. Yep. In this case, the terminology is different, but yep. the, and the, the sunlight and moisture might be a little different, but at the same time, it, you know, I mean, they're fascinating creatures. They, yeah. You know, I I never would have I never would have figured that I'd be interested in this stuff. If you had asked me at 21 years old, I I wouldn't care. Yeah, it, you know, like well, guess guess what, man? At 38 years old, you're going to be making and jarring up bone broth to put in your freezer. Like, <laughs> okay, oh I I'll know, bet. right? Yeah. Or, or uh, so oh, you're going to be gardening and then blogging and podcasting about it. And one, what's a blog and podcast? But two, yeah. me? No, oh, I hate weeding. I hate that stuff. Oh, yeah. yard work, gross. I yeah. know. So, Ugh. Yeah. 
good grief. Um, so would you grow this for yourselves or would you eventually, you know, build this into something? What are you thinking? I'm just hoping I don't kill anybody. Oh. That's the thing. <laughs> well, there's that. Well, but, but the, um, the goal would be, uh, you know, for us. And then if people want to try them out and buy them, that's cool. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm of the mindset that like, that you've got these little gifts that show up, you yep. know, I started, uh, making some jam with one of your recipes. Yeah. You gave away a couple of jars and people wanted to buy it from me. Mm. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, here's five bucks. Like, here you go. Yeah. And my family loves it and they want it every year. So now it's this Christmas tradition. I give it away yep. as gifts and so on and so forth. I mean, we've got a friend that use, I mean, he might as well buy Instagram stock. He's doing so well off the, you know, the proceeds from his vegetable sales that, hmm. you know, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I mean, you said some friends are doing this. Are they in your area or are they just somewhere out in space? I mean, obviously I don't want to know about the magic mushroom, but the people that are doing like the real stuff, are they in your area? I mean, would they be potential competition and don't well, so tell me who they are, but I'm just kind of. Well, so that's, so that's, I mean, there's one farm here in the area that grows microgreens. They grow mushrooms. They, um, the husband does that and it's a, it's a homestead and the wife makes, uh, your lotions, your candles, oh, yeah. your, your like, uh, fat or lipid based stuff, yep. soaps, lotions, candles. Um, and then chocolates as well. She makes all those like gourmet organic chocolates sourced with local ingredients and, you know, just, just stuff like that. But for the, for the guys that have been doing this a while, the people I was talking to, they're in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, anymore, the decriminalization of that stuff makes mm-hmm. it sort of irre- irrelevant as to what you're, what you're doing, what you're growing, what, what's, uh, I guess kind of what's on the menu, so to speak. Yeah. But what, he, what they're growing it for is the medicinal purposes, mm-hmm. not the psychotropic, which another debate for another podcast with other people who are better qualified, I'm sure. But, um, a lot of these, uh, mushrooms have neurogenic effects, hmm. meaning, meaning they can actually, you know, there's studies for some of these things that actually help heal aspects of brain function, circulation, yep. things like that. I mean, Laird Hamilton, the famous big wave surfer, he's married to Gabrielle Reese. He, he put a line of coffee creamers out and then he put performance mushroom coffee additive out that has lion, hmm. lion's mane. Reiki and one other one that I guess it's a blend of them. Hmm. And he sells this bag of a powder that you add to coffee. I drink it. My wife doesn't, but, um, so more for me, which is great, but, um, it helps. Uh, she's shaking her head at me right now. Is it, is it Chaga (laughs) by chance? Is it Chaga? It might be. Yeah. I'd have to look at it, but I think he sells it for 18, $19 a bag. So you got to figure like, dried up crushed up mushrooms that get blended and they just throw all these three different types of mushrooms in here. Interesting. And you know, he found a grower that'll do it. that will sell it to him. And, hmm. You know, I mean, sure. Let's talk about the profits, but you know, I, I think a lot of these things could have some benefits. There's, oh. you know, all the, all medicine for the most part used to come from naturopathic sources. So. Absolutely. No, we've been talking with a friend um, and she's more into the homeopathic path, you know, and, and, um, you know, energies and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. she was talking about chaga and they have some property 
up north, up north there in Minnesota. But uh, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, great. great. So we're talking about going get the chaga out in the woods, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently you can find that out in the woods too, and and you can make um, like we bought this chaga tea, and uh, we started we we haven't drank it much. I mean, I had one glass, but or one cup of it, but uh, um, it's something to look at too. I mean, there's, there's properties, there's things that we seem to have lost um, to modern medicine here, take this pill instead of, you know, here, here's these herbs and mushrooms to help you heal yourself and heal your mind and yeah. thing. So, well, yeah. And there's a book by Michael Pollan, P O L L A N it's called how to change your mind. And he deals majority of the book deals with uh, psychedelics, but what he, what he talks about is the fact that a lot of these things are intended for medicinal purposes mm-hmm. and <clears throat> have been demonized, you know, but there are benefits to it. I mean, licorice root, you can make tea out of it and that yep. helps clean, cleanse the liver and all that other stuff. So it's, I mean, it's, it's out there. You can look at it. It's out there. And all that comes, you know, if you find the right stuff, don't go hunting for mushrooms and just pick a mushroom and eat it. Right. You know, because God knows what's going to happen unless you know exactly what it is. Right. And it's scary. And there's yeah. groups, there's groups, there's books, there's training, <clears throat> there's yeah. training out there. There's classes. It's yeah. Don't yeah. go out there and just, Oh, Hey, there's a thing. Let me eat that. Yeah, exactly. Get some training before you do this. And certainly we would not, uh, just cause it looks like a morale it might not. Yeah. I mean, I was, out, I was out on yeah. the railroad right away. And I was like, huh, look at that. There's a mushroom growing there and some creosote tie. And it looks like a morel. I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's morel. And I'm not going to eat that off the railroad right away. Sorry. No. Yeah. Not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's this? Something's going to tell me that's not going to be delicious. It's going to do yeah. bad things to me. It's a little sulfuric acid. Hey, why not? Yeah. Some creosote. Hey, that's yeah. delicious. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> that mushroom does not want to be and it won't no. be. No. No, it really doesn't. Yeah. It but doesn't, you, it doesn't call to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but there's, I mean, there's that process. There's the microgreens project yeah. that we're going to be working on. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Are you doing microgreens right now? Not right now. Well, actually, you know what? Technically, I walked outside, and like I said, it's been a wet winter. It's been uh-huh. fairly warm and sunny, but um, I walked outside, and we had a little Tupperware tub that had some like onions growing in and all that uh-huh. stuff. And I went outside, and sure enough, it's uh, February twelfth, and we've got. I've got some clover popping up. I've got some blue scotch kale, some red Russian kale popping up. Wow. I just sprinkled a bunch of stuff into this tub, covered it with like a you know, light dusting of potting soil and just it was seeds laying around and I, you know, we'll see what happens. But now we have we have greens that popped up. But what I'd like to do is try and grow them indoors in a controlled yep. environment and um see what I can come up with, with just LED lights, like cheap LED lights and just see, you know, see what I can, see what I can do. So, and then the next step would be hook up some sort of solar system. That, oh, wow. You know, that would, you know, solar energy system that would allow me to keep that set of lights independent from the power in the house. Oh, that's cool. That'd just be to, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to see what happens, you know, sure. just, but, um, there's that, you know, the, the greens are, they're fantastic. You eat, you eat some lettuce from the store and even the organic stuff, it just doesn't, doesn't taste quite the same. We did these, we did like, we used to do these big salad mixes for holidays yep. and stuff. We'd come over with this giant bowl of greens to friends and family house. You know, we, we had plenty and, uh, 
we got people that did not like salad eating salad. Yeah. So that, well, and that's, that's and, and that's something our friend Michael Bell talks about, or Scott Hebert up in, in um, uh, Canada talks about how their salad greens taste so much better than the stuff that's cut, packaged, washed, dried, packaged over the road for seven days, sitting in a, a shelf in a grocery store for another three or four until you get it and you bring it home and you wash it again and try to yeah. dry or, you know, get all the excess water off, throw it in your fridge. And two days later, it's a rotten sludge in your, in the bottom of your free, uh, your refrigerator, you know, and it doesn't taste yeah. good. Their stuff, it's, they cut it right there and it just tastes really good. So it's, it's, it hasn't done all that. It hasn't decayed that much between yeah. uh, the plot to your fork in your table. So yeah. yeah, I'll tell you the stuff that we had, some of that stuff lasted for a month. Right. So how long has that stuff been in, in transit and sitting in the shelf at the grocery store? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. You know? It's and not in a good way. Yes. Um, yeah, so we're we're doing that uh, this year again. So where, uh, did, where did you learn about your uh, about microgreens? Did you look at some videos? Did you take a class? Um, let's see, Scott Hebert. Yep. Uh, the and also the Urban Gardener. Okay. Um, uh, that and then obviously, if gosh, I tell you, if Michael Bell doesn't have enough stuff to do, <laughs> there are people in this world that would pay him to come and work with him. Oh yeah. To just to learn. Yeah. I, it's, I would, I would, I would love to spend a week in Texas and just learn from the guy. Oh, I know. It'd be what a lot works, of fun. Yeah. What works, what doesn't, what, you know, just, just all the, the that knowledge and all it takes is a discussion. All it takes is a face to face discussion or, you know, over the phone or a podcast mm-hmm. or whatever, and just pass that knowledge. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, we're not, we're not in competition with each other at all. We don't yeah. do, you know, I'm just doing this to feed myself or to have a you know, right. giant, giant or a big salad to quote Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, but to learn from that guy yeah. would be, you know, spend a week out there and just, you know, get some bench press and get some, get some, <laughs> get some reps going. in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the coach and that stuff too. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah we're going to get, Mr. Bell on the podcast. In fact, I've got an interview lined up with him this weekend, so it's going to be great nice. to, to have him back on the show. And and there has been a lot of changes between summer of last year or April of last year when I had him on the show last and today. I mean, the old Dallas, well, the Dallas half acre farm that he had then is long gone now. So he's got oh, man. a totally new operation starting from scratch. And, uh, it's quite a discussion, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to have him on, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that he'll, he'll show you, you know, and he could probably use the help too, but, uh, he's, he's got a really, he's done a lot of really good stuff and he's dealing with some really interesting soil conditions now compared to his old property. And, uh, yeah, he's doing it. So, um, but there's other folks doing microgreens as well. Uh, Scott Hebert, who actually stepped back from, um, his urban farm. I mean, he's doing a little bit now, but he's not doing as much. He's, he's actually got a, a regular gig now. So, uh, he took a step back this year, but, uh, then there's Luke Callahan. He's another guy who does greens. And then there's a outfit up in Vancouver. They do it all in shipping containers and they're yeah. growing for their, for the community there. So, um, it's really an interesting thing where they're developed this whole kit. So I think it's a solar powered kit 
for a shipping container and they do it all right in there. So cool stuff. You can do a lot with microgreens. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's so versatile. You mm-hmm. know, and we were, we were talking about, we were talking about doing potatoes this year. Mm. We're going to do uh potato towers. Mm. Okay. You know, those, those I, there's some debate on whether or not they, you know, Oh, well, this will work better. And you're only using like a, you know, two foot circular diameter tower to yep. grow all these potatoes. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but we're going to try that. Um, and, I'd like to do some onions. Yeah. To, to jump in there on the potato tower um, there, believe it or not, like tomatoes, there's indeterminate and determinate potato types. So the indeterminate will vine is, is it's, it's kind of like the tomatoes. It'll vine. It'll, it'll do much better in your, your tower type system than a, than a determinate one you know, determinate. It's just, it's like your patio tomato where it's, you don't prune it or anything because all the tomatoes come at once and they're all right there. Yeah. So there's different types of, of potato types too. So you want right the, want the right one for that system that you're using. Um, and onions, oh my gosh, Joshua Butts from JKS Homestead. He asked me about those and I got an article coming on it. So I look forward to it. That'll should help you out too, man. So uh, I had a discussion with a guy down in St. Louis who is the master at garlic and very good at onions. And he had a lot of good advice for that. So I just have to finish typing it up and we're good to go. I can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, we're fitting right into this. I love it because I got to do the tomato or the potato one too. I, that was something I started. I got to finish it, but (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Yeah. And, uh, tomatoes I, I think there is an allergy in the house to those so you're going to be backing off of those so tomatoes yep. are kind of off the table yep. um or not as much anyway what else you got cooking for the uh for your garden uh, for your beds? yeah the the onions try to do some we're, the goal the goal this year i think is i'm going to start researching plant varieties mm-hmm. seed varieties that have a kind of what I call a macronutrient, I mean the micronutrient punch to it, all the additional vitamins, minerals, et cetera, that, you know. So like uh, superfood type stuff? Yeah. I, you know, I'd like to give broccoli a shot. Yep. Um, I had a couple of plants that just didn't, they went right to seed. They, I think it was just the way they were, that you know, planted or whatever. But Yeah. Uh, well, and then you had some of those cabbage loopers that were chewing away at your garden last year too. So that wasn't very fun. Yeah, I got it. That killed probably half my crop. So yeah. hard, hard lesson learned that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to figure out what ca- like companion planters keep those at bay or yeah. just physical barriers. Yeah. Like, you know. um, I think what's going to go in on those garden beds, which uh, there's actually probably going to be a cover crop, like a late cover crop going mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and uh, try to replenish some of that soil. One thing, add more soil add more compost to the mix, just dump whatever, you know, organic clippings, anything that we can get out of that thing or out of the kitchen yeah, and dump all that stuff in there and just let it go to town. Um, and put in some, almost like a, almost like a wicking bed hoop house in mm-hmm. a sense, you know, yes. And, yes. and just keep it, just keep it covered. Yep. That'll keep, that'll keep those little butterflies at bay for sure. Yeah. And, and Michael Bell's, uh, our conversation with him is very timely because he, he was using a cover crop in his, in his, um, in the one hoop house where he's got it at his friend's place with really bad soil. So he was experimenting with that. He's been experimenting with big box store compost 
So I know you've been making your own, but you might need to, you might need some other stuff. So we'll talk to him about that as well. Making notes as yeah. I go. These are all going to be topics that people are going to go, oh, yeah, this is really good stuff. Well, and what's interesting is I have a good spot that um, kind of fits into Ben Falk's process. I mean, that guy, that guy, you want to talk about a, you want to talk about an incredible person. Mm-hmm. Um, he, that, that book, uh, his, his book is really, it's worth every penny. I mean, the, the idea of layering thing, layering things yep. and how nature does it on its own, that alone is worth the price of admission. We're trying to control what we do, but we've got this little spot where a couple of these, uh, it were probably 10, eh, I'd say 14 to 16 inch diameter trees. Mm-hmm. Just big red oaks, right? Yeah. And so they're just sitting there decomposing. Now, the the real question is, do I get a bunch of fill dirt, throw it on top, start throwing compost in there, start throwing mm-hmm. dead material in there, make a hoogle mound and just go to town on it and fence it in? Or do I try to just get mushrooms to go because it's fairly low light? And I think if you just throw some seeds out in that nutrient-rich rich soil, because that's where the, all the compost has been going. So that soil around those trees is slowly but surely, if you want to say repaired, fine, but it's being built into something that will grow vegetables yeah. and it'll grow them effectively. So, you know, kind of at a crossroads with that, but, if, yeah. you know, there's dirt manure around to be had, you just mm-hmm. dump it all on there right? and plant some sort of green cover crop right now and get it. You know, just just get things up, just get things right. up and running to get nitrogen back in the soil and all those all those elements that you need in there to grow a little success. And it's just a little corner in the front yard. It's yeah. not it's not anything extravagant. It's not you know it's not a shipping container with solar panels and hydroponics <laughs> and you know right. I don't have I don't have massive aquaponic farming containers yep. that you know whatever. Yep. It's just here's some good dirt. Let's plant some stuff in it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good stuff. And and it it's the way it was, it's been done for millennia, you know, is, is they didn't have fancy hydroponic systems or wicking beds. It was, yep, we need to plant some seeds here cause the soil is good. And here we go. Um, yeah. yeah, totally. I, I totally get it. And that's, that's a project coming up for me too. Um, I've got a small yard and my compost pile I inherited from my father-in-law and it's all infiltrated with roots and everything I put on there, these roots are like, thank you very much. Yeah. It's not building soil. It's just being pipelined into that tree or the, whatever those roots go to. It's the trees, I think. So I was going to buy a tumbler, um, style, uh, compost creator, you know, compost bin. Yeah. Um, so I could start really creating some, um, some compost. The other thing is all my soil from the, uh, ring gutter grow systems i threw that into a big bin um so it's all sitting there and um i had some really good soil this year i'm not gonna lie yeah. um, it, it really once i got the roots out and roots separated from everything i had a lot of worms in there and everything so it was very yeah. rich soils but i want to make sure i keep keep that soil going in the right direction so yeah some cover crops and some adding some other things to that to make it even better as i take it out of that bin and before I take it out of the bin and start using it again. So yeah. yeah. Yep. Doing the same. I get it, man. Totally. Yeah. It's so it's a process. I mean, it's, and that's the best part about it. It's a learning process. And no matter what you do, 
you're either going to have a bunch of vegetables or you're going to have a bunch of things that you've learned. Yeah. Right. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how is, uh, I know you put in two wicking beds, the three, I think, um, how did they work for you? What, uh, what was your lessons learned? How did they work? Uh, what, what'd you learn? Uh, so wicking beds are a great idea. They're, you know, it's easy to contain. I say that it's easy to contain pests. Yep. Um, the, the, the issue that I ran into was those cabbage loopers, Yep. which it happens. I mean, the lesson learned is now you look up, now you try and find, you know, things that dissuade cabbage loopers from getting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And for everybody who doesn't know what a cabbage looper is, these are these little, um, caterpillars that look, they're the same exact color as a broccoli plant or cabbage plant. But man, they have a voracious appetite. They're not the hornworms. Those are the big guys that go on to um, onto your tomato plants and eat everything in sight. These are little, and they're maybe an inch long, maybe an inch and a half, and they will hide on your leaves of your broccoli plants and cabbage plants and the, and cauliflower and they the brassicas or whatever, and they just start eating. And you can tell that you look at your leaves and they'll have holes in them, and and then you look at the stem and there's little black dots. Well, that's the scat from the and the little caterpillar guy and you got to find those and eliminate them. And, and it's amazing. I, Jay sent me a picture and I was looking at, it, I was like, okay, I see six right here. You know, as I was looking at the picture and he's like, what's going on? I don't understand. And I was like, yep, this is the problem. And you can see them right here, 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 here. <laughs> and I felt bad yeah. for you, man. Cause those little buggers were just hungry as I'll get out. And they were making a, making Swiss cheese out of your plants. Yeah, it sucked. It was, uh, it was rough, but at the same time, it, um, it was a good thing to see because mm-hmm. now this year I'm proactive about getting rid of them. Yep. Um, they are pests to me. They're pests. Yeah. Uh, there is no, there's no other real way to put it. I mean, you can't, you can't keep the, you can't keep that quote organic feel to the garden and, you know, keep it as healthy as it could be. And have those in there because yeah. the, the pesticides, you just have to, you have to keep them away, you know? Right. And, and your idea about figuring out some kind of a covering for the, for the, the wicking bed is a good one. Um, I know Larry Hall passed away last year. He had a small greenhouse, um, well, almost like a screened in planter and he would put his, his broccoli in there. You know, just because it was yeah. sheltered, it was kept. None of those little butterflies would come in, or moths would come in and lay eggs there. So yeah. it's amazing. You'll see them, and, and it's these little white freaking moths that are flying around your garden. You're like, oh, it's it's they're pollinators, and you and then you come back later, and it's Swiss cheese, and it's like, ah, oh, that thing. <laughs> they just they just show up, right? And it's so yeah, funny. it's just annoying. Well, and we had we had a butterfly bush that was around the corner too, yeah. that, so. I mean, and it's not saying that all butterflies are bad. I mean, butterflies are great pollinators too. So it's, you don't want to kill them all, but those yeah. ones are just, they don't do good things for you. So no. And the biggest thing that you can do is isolate them as best as possible. Really what it, really what it means is that you just have to, you have to control a physical barrier yep. for them. Yep. So, Yep. So, okay. So microgreens, some macro, some stuff that's going to give you a boost, the superfood type stuff. So blueberry yep. type plants yep. those, or yep. okay. 
blueberries. We're going to try those. It might be a little too humid for that here, yep. but uh, the summers get a little bad. Um, greens. Let's see what, yeah, yep. uh, greens, spinach. Yep. Uh, spinach seems to actually do really well just based on the position of the house oh, and good. its orientation. We got, I would say, what do you sell spinach in? Is it a pound? 10 to 12 pounds of spinach. But yeah. Oh, that's great, dude. That's great. And it tasted good. It didn't bolt and all that. Nah, some of them did, but if sure. I, someone went to seed and I just, I would shake the tops off and just hope that some of the seeds landed in that soil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I it, do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Let's see. I definitely uh, big on the broccoli. Yep. Gonna, gonna probably order from Baker, Baker Creek. Do yep. that. Um, the potatoes thing. I'm finding that we're able to pare down a lot of the stuff. Uh, the green onions have done really well off the tips of those onions. I just randomly planted some onions and they didn't grow like I wanted them to, but the, the green onions off the stem of those yes. things. Oh man. Pun- this pungent, like really just yep. strong, real strong smelling. Yeah. Um, no, I, I took, uh, I had some Aldi brand, uh, green onions, took the root end off, put them in a, a little bowl and they're already starting to grow. So this was all in the week. There's already like a, some growth coming. So I, I had really good green onions doing that last year. I mean, really good. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that this year too. Yep. Cool. Well, it sounds like, like I said, you're going to have a busy year with all the things you're doing and uh, yeah. I'm sure you're going to be supplementing by going to the, uh, to farmers markets around you as well. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to stop that interview right here. We've got more to talk about with Mr. Tactical J. We've got discussions about wicking beds, chickens, building community, and wellness. So we've got a lot of things to talk about yet. We're going to be breaking this up into smaller shows. So you'll be able to listen to these as you're on the go, as you're working out, as you're doing things around your house or working in the garden. So we appreciate, again, Jay's time. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining us on the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Small Scale Gardening Podcast. Remember, share this with some friends. Maybe it's inspired you. Maybe you'll want to look into mushrooms. Maybe you'll want to look into microgreens. Maybe you'll want to look into wigging beds. We're going to be talking about those things here. You know, I'm not a big expert on mushrooms. I've got to have some people for that. Microgreens, never grown. I'm going to have to have some people for that. Wicking beds, yeah, I've done that and I've got a lot to say about it. It'll be a lot of fun talking about those things. And I know some people. Yes, I know people with certain set of skills and they can do very cool things. So stay tuned. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. And again, thank you for listening to Small Scale Gardening Podcast. We'll be back real soon. Don't worry. I've got interviews with Mr. Tactical J. I've got interviews with Mr. Michael Bell from Dallas Half Acre Farms. I've got an interview coming up with Captain Lumber Squatch Greg Burns from Ohio. He's a homesteader from Ohio. So we've got a lot of good things coming up. Plus, answering all those questions that you've shot my way. We're going to be busy here on Small Scale Gardening. It's really exciting. Plus, we've got the gardening season starting. So get your seeds going. It's not scary. You can do it. You can grow healthy food wherever you are, from an apartment to a condo to your house to a townhouse down in Florida. Wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, as long as you're providing light, nutrients, and water, you can successfully grow plants. So this is Tom from Small Scale Gardening. We're get, I'm getting so excited. Can you tell it? Can you feel it? Yeah. It's beautiful.
beautiful weather. I can feel it coming. Spring is coming, so we're going to get really pumped up. We're going to do some of this stuff. We're going to grow some healthy plants. We're going to have great veggies, great herbs. We're going to do it. You, me, together. Let's go. All right, so this is Tom from Small Scale Garden. I'll go for another hour if I don't stop now. But uh, we'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody. Remember, learn, do, and grow. Let's do this together. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care, everybody. This has been a Small Scale Life Media Production. Let it grow, let it grow. I can see all the veggies growing for me. So let it grow, let it grow. The cold never bothered me anyway.